three, two, one, and we're live. You're tuning to the Cosmic Driven Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin. And today I have yet another fascinating individual in the studio with me. Um, while doing my research for this particular episode, I found it difficult to describe what this particular individual does because he has an interesting story and he does a fair bit of things. So Kai, um, could you please introduce yourself to those who might not have heard of you? or might not have seen you before. Who are you and what do you do? Okay, uh, I'm actually, uh, my name is Kai, firstly. I'm 34 this year. And uh, to simply put it, I'm actually an actor and I'm also a fitness martial arts coach. And I, I think uh, from what you're telling me, like when you did research on me, but you went, maybe you went onto my Instagram. Mm. And the reason why it seems like, oh, I don't know what he does is because I just kind of post whatever I want to post. <laughs> I don't really have like a, a proper like, oh, okay, I'm going to brand myself this way, this way, this way, this way. I'm like, oh, I like, I like this, I'll post that. Yeah. Or like, I don't have a plan. Yep. So so no specific marketing thing. plans or no, marketing team. Really. Okay. I, re- I really should try and get onto it, but yep. uh, I, I'm quite happy with the way that I use it now. Yep. Yeah. Has it usually worked out in your favor to be this casual with regards to social media? Because it seems like more and more these days, it's becoming a lot more curated. You mm-hmm. have to put yourself out almost as a brand out there. Yep. Has it helped? Has, 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 it, has it helped you? Uh, I think it's helped in some ways, but it's also been uh, in a way detrimental in some ways. Maybe it's helped because... Uh, when I do put something out, generally it gets more like what we call uh, interaction. There's mm. more traction on the post mm. compared to someone that posts like stuff every day. Yep. You know, then your uh, your traction rate is not so high. So it's not great, but it's detrimental in the sense that uh, maybe because I'm producing such little content, uh, I reach more people. I, I reach fewer people, sorry. Or oh, it takes me a longer time to reach more people. So the following grows slower mm. yeah and most of the times when my following does grow it's when i'm shooting a show and when the show does come out so not really so much from posting itself gotcha yeah. so what what i found most interesting about uh, your story is that you left the finance industry mm. to pursue acting mm. could you speak to that a little bit because that is quite unconventional f- from from my perspective so yes. what what was the impetus for something like that okay so i actually uh so i studied finance and marketing when i was in university and i studied in New Zealand. I'm actually a New Zealander. I'm not Singaporean. Gotcha. I'm a PR here. I've been living here for about 18 years. Yeah. And uh, as someone who wanted to go into the finance industry, I was like, oh, you know, Singapore is a great place mm. to, to do finance, right? Yep. As compared to New Zealand, at least. So I came here, uh, tried it out for two years and found out that I didn't like it as much as I thought I would. There's various aspects of my job that I really liked, like uh, my colleagues and uh, maybe uh, problem solving to a certain extent and like... Uh, servicing people yeah. because I'm in sales so there's an amount of service that I have to do but the sales part really like <laughs> maybe it wasn't so much for me uh, there's various aspects of it that I like like educating people which is mm. very closely related to what I do now as well in a sense I, I coach fitness yep. and martial arts so I'm educating someone and I find like I get a lot of uh, uh, satisfaction from it and I guess the impetus for me wanting to leave was the biggest one would be I found out that I don't need that much money to be happy. Interesting. Yeah. So when I was young and I was a kid, all I wanted to do was be super rich and yeah, like fair. help the poor. Yep. It's very altruistic, but sure, yeah. <laughs> super. I think like, because when I was young, like Bill Gates was was such a big talking point, you know, because like things like uh, social media were not like so big back yep. then. Or I wasn't even around. So in the papers, I would always see, oh, Bill Gates, Bill Gates, Bill Gates, Bill Gates, philanthropy, like Bill Melinda Foundation, blah, blah, blah. And he... He's very good for, like, he's a net positive to this world, yep. you know? Yep. So I wanted to be like that. But uh, 
as I was uh, working the bank, I also found ways to be a net positive to the world without being insanely rich. What does that mean? Uh, like, you know, like uh, my goal was to be so wealthy that I could set up a gym that kids with uh, like, you know, problems at home yep. or like uh, youth at risk basically yep. could come in and train for free. Yep. And we're already doing projects like that, you know? So it's, 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 it's me trying to help out a community of people that uh, maybe I don't want to come from a place where I'm like feeling high, high mm. mighty, but less privileged yep. than I am. Yep. Yeah. So I think that was the goal that I was trying to achieve when I wanted to be rich like Bill Gates. Mm. So there's a way for me to do that without being insanely rich. Yep. So I'm okay with that. So, yep. so yeah. you, you mentioned about things you actually liked about the, the, the particular job you were in. What about things that you didn't like and prompted you to uh, leave? Right. Because I would imagine <laughs> for, for people wanting to, to do acting, that was kind of like their, their, their dream when they were young. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's unlikely or it's um, unexpected for someone to make a pivot. I think it's very brave. So I'm just, I'm just curious to know, like, what prompted that? What prompted the shift to acting? Yeah. Actually, uh, my, my initial goal when I went into acting was not to be an actor. What does that mean? I, because I, I didn't know anything about the industry. Like I didn't act to, oh, I want to be an actor. That's how I go and act. Mm. I was curious what it was like behind the scenes. That's why I went to act because I didn't know how else to, to, to see what would happen behind the scenes. Mm. So like even right now, like on set, uh, a lot of the time when I'm not needed, I'm still watching, you know, because it fascinates me how how things get made on screen. Like one scene like might take like a few hours to shoot, but on screen it's like a few seconds, yep. you know? So it's insane. Like uh, the, the process of that is still mind-blowing to me. Mm. So when I was young in uh, high school in New Zealand, the way we studied English was through film. And at that point in time, I didn't realize what about film I liked. Mm. But now that I'm in the industry, I realize, oh, what I like is cinematography. Okay. So the person who who directs the camera. So it's not the director itself, but it's the person who controls the camera and does the shot. The director tells them, oh, I want this shot. The cinematographer's job is to establish that shot. Mm. And I found it really beautiful. But after I was behind the scenes a few times, like through acting, I discovered, oh, actually, like I like acting. Mm. So uh, then I decided like uh, after getting a few roles, after I left the bank, okay, you know what? I'm going to actually give this a proper shot. Yeah. And one of my good friends, uh, his name is Elias. So he said like, you know, if you want to try it, just go all out and try it. And then I kind of just followed that advice. And here I am. What does going all out mean to you in that context? Because I would imagine you are, uh, dipping your toes into it and seeing a little bit of what it is behind the scenes. You can't perhaps begin to imagine the the road ahead of you. So, so what did that look like in the beginning? Was it, uh, did it come naturally to you? Was it difficult? Yeah. That, that skills of acting? Yeah. Uh, it came, I think maybe a little bit more naturally compared to people. I wouldn't say I'm talented. I would just say I'm like average. What does average look like in, in <laughs> acting? Yeah. At least like you don't get distracted by by the camera, you don't get distracted by the people move, moving behind the camera because some of these things affect people. Yep. But fortunately for me, like it never affected me while I was looking at my partner and, and acting a scene mm. out. And uh, not to mention like lights in your face and like people shouting on set all the time. Yep. Blah, blah, blah. So you have to block it out. Yes, you have to block it out. And I think uh, this is where my ADHD comes into, into help. Like I have ADHD. It's quite, it affects me quite badly right now. Okay. But in this instance, I think my ADHD helped me out because mm. it allowed me to focus on what I was doing. Yeah, so average in that sense, I wasn't talented 
and sorry, what was the question? Like, see this, this, this. Was it easy or difficult to to make the shift towards acting? Ah, because, right, yeah. right, right. No, it was. Uh, it was easy to start mm. in a sense where I wasn't so nervous, yep. and things behind uh, the camera didn't affect me. It was hard financially. What does that mean, though? Because uh, in Singapore, the amount of money that you paid in acting, it's not great, mm. especially when you're first starting out. Yep. So, like, maybe a good example that I can give with without giving any exact figures is mm-hmm. I did a show, and I got, I'm not going to name the show just to, to protect them. Yep. <laughs> I did a show in 2019. I did four days of work. I got paid X. Mm. Now, when I do that same show and I do four, uh, one day of work, I get paid how much I got paid. Oh, that's a like, you terrible know, like math question to solve. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, now, uh, you know, like, yep. it's like a big, it's a big, like, uh, pay jump compared mm-hmm. to last time. So, I would, in a sense, not mentally, but physically, I would lose sleep because I was like grinding yeah. to just work as much as I could. I would work at the gym mm. and maybe like, okay, this was the craziest day I did. I woke up at seven a, uh, 6 a.m., went to the gym, taught at 7 a.m., worked all the way to 9 p.m. 9 p.m., I took a grab home. I could, Then from home, I took a grab to set. I worked from set at 12 a.m. all the way to 6 a.m. 6 a.m., I took a grab back to the gym and taught all the way back to 9 p.m. again. You're missing the crucial element of sleep. Yes, exactly. So mm. like, you know, like it's a big grind. Yeah. But now like, uh, back then I understood like I need the money. So I need to sacrifice my health for the money. Yeah. But right now, fortunately, very, very, very fortunately, very thankful, I can, okay, I don't need this money. I mm. need to sleep more. Yeah. Because yep. sleep, aside from work, has always been a problem for me. Like I sleep like five hours, four hours a day. Yep. It's it's really terrible. Yeah. Yep. So now when I have the chance to sleep, I'll force myself to go and sleep yeah, instead of like grinding it out and work. Yeah. Yep. So you you mentioned that some some aspects of acting came easy to you mm. or came natural to you. Mm. What aspects of acting didn't come naturally? Uh, I would say figuring out uh, certain techniques. So okay. for example, when you read a script, right? The way that you read it and the way that I read it is going to be very different in our heads, yep. right? You might read it in a very like nice and mm. like, musical tone i might read it in a very dark and like depressing tone so one of the things that i still struggle with is finding different ways to read a script when Mm. i see it so that i can present various uh variations to uh the people that are giving me a chance at an audition yeah yeah so i did go for a course though recently at my school uh called hcac and i feel like i'm much better at that process now Mm. yeah so so I, I know nothing about acting. I, okay. I only know what I see on screen. Okay. So the, the 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 process of, of, of getting good at it has always intrigued me because mm. some people can do it so naturally. And when, when you hear them talk about it, oh, they actually have like hours and hours of practice. Mm. They practice it from the mirror. You mm. can do method acting. So what what does the process of, of, of being a good actor look like to you? Is it something like you rehearse the line so that it comes naturally? There is that, I'm, I'm a little bit confused as to where you start yep. and where you end and where does the role start? Right. Okay. Yeah. I think the first and foremost thing is just remembering your lines. <laughs> like some people were like, man, like there's one time, like I stood in front of uh, my on-screen partners. Yeah. Uh, there were three people in the scene. These two couldn't get their lines down. So I stood there for one hour oh, like, while they were trying to get their lines <laughs> yep. right. Yep. And we were going like take after take after take. Yep. And that was quite frustrating. Mm. To the point where, like, when they finally got it, and then it was my turn to speak, I almost messed up. Oh, dear. you know, because I was okay, like, I was okay. almost zoning out. You yep. know, yeah, yeah. So I think lines, remembering your lines, are very important. 
the next thing that is required of you is being really disciplined. Mm. I have found personally, uh, especially in the first few roles that I did, oh, I got this role. Okay. Oh, that's it. Like I just need to memorize my lines and, and, and that's it, you know, but there's so much practice required after you get your, your, your the role as well, mm-hmm. you know, cause just cause you managed to create a character for this scene doesn't mean you're going to be able to carry it out for the rest of the scenes in the show. So it requires a lot of discipline off screen, mm. but at the same time, it also requires a lot of flexibility on screen. Just because, I, so for example, like if I do a scene in one way and my on-screen partner does a scene in another way, it's not always going to gel well. Mm. So it takes two people to be flexible enough around what they've done, the yep. work that they've done yep. to create a great scene. Yep. Yeah. So I would say that's the start, memorizing lines. Yep. And then the end would be uh, being great at being flexible. Yep. Yeah. You mentioned about working with an on-screen partner and mm. you coming out of this character. I think character is a very interesting word because oftentimes you have to, I would imagine you have to um, suspend yourself or you have to, okay. So, so, so it is very curious for me because are you putting yourself into the, the, the shoes of the character you're creating or are you coming out of this character based on what they want and mm. putting your essence into what What is that process like? I think different people have a different process. Yeah. Some people believe that you're totally separate from mm. what you've created. Personally, I have found that there are, uh, for me, there are aspects of me that I amplify to put into a character. That means it's already somehow in me. So when I read a script, that natural tendency comes out. Mm-hmm. But I, I I play on that and work it uh, so that it makes it more obvious in screen. So maybe like uh, if I'm not very... Uh, Good at being like uh uh not great at shouting, for example. I have shouting. to try and gotcha. amplify it, right? You know, okay, that's not a great example, <laughs> but yeah. 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 You know? Um the way I react to certain things, maybe, maybe I'm uh more stoic. Mm. But there are aspects of me inside where like I would blow up. So I have to work on blowing up for a character. So it's already in me. It's just that I have to put it inside there. Yep. Yeah. Because what what is interesting to me when I look at let's say uh, movie actors mm. is like people will hire a different caliber of movie like just based on maybe their past performance, but they have no idea how they're going to perform for this particular role in yep. mind. And at what point are you hiring the actor based on their, their innate talent and what they could bring to the role? And are you hiring someone to fill the role? That is a bit confusing to me. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I don't quite understand your question. So you're asking when is a role. Uh, given to someone and when is a role when does someone earn a role yeah is that okay so I think the the chances of you uh, being given a role are a lot rarer in Singapore okay not that it doesn't happen it's a lot rarer because our CV isn't like mm. you know Illustrious, if your CV yeah. is huge yeah. it's likely that you're uh, a media corp actor and then but even then they do so much in-house work that they don't have time to go outside and do other work. But for the freelancers, that's a bit different. We don't always get work. So our CV is really small. So our showreel becomes really small. Mm. And then it's very hard for people to just, oh, yeah, I'm going to give you this role. Yeah. But in America, where like, there's just so much work that everyone's CV is just so huge. Like, example, Joaquin Phoenix. Like, he didn't have to audition for uh, Joker. Mm. He was like, oh, I'm going to write this role for you. Just because based off his CV, he's done so much character study, like uh, movies that, I forgot the director's name. Yeah. 
uh, yeah, I don't think mind. I watched it. This, this, oh, you didn't watch it? Okay, okay. Great, great movie in a sense yeah. of acting, but like storylines is just kind of okay. Okay. Passable. Yeah. 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 He really carried the movie. Uh, as for earning the show, it's more likely like, oh, this guy's got some kind of range that I might want based mm-hmm. off his CV and uh, showreel. Then like, I'll call you in for an audition. Is it always like a risk? A risk, a risk me because you have seen the, the showreel of the actor, you have seen what they've done before, you have seen the range they have, but ultimately you wouldn't know what is that final outcome, right? No, you never know, man. You never, you never <laughs> so it always feels like yeah. a risk to me, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it is a risk. Like, uh, let's say there's like 50 scenes in a movie. Mm. Okay, that's never going to be true. There's going to be more than 50 scenes, yep. but let's take 50 for an example. Yeah. And let's say the main characters in uh, maybe 40 of them mm. are not going to audition you for 40 scenes, right? It's going to be like a few scenes, maybe. Yep especially in Singapore where there's usually one or two uh, audition processes only. Mm. And of course, just because it's such a small sample size, it's a huge risk, mm. even if uh, you get them in for three or four auditions, right? Yeah. So there's always a risk and the risk is even bigger if they hire you without even auditioning you. Yeah. And th- that happens. It, it's happened to me once. Yeah. And it turned out really well for some weird reason. Because yeah. uh, my CV at that point in time had no comedy, mm-hmm. but this director's like, hey, I want you to do this show. And I'm like, oh, but I've, I was really open. I've never done comedy. I've mm. never done anything like this. I don't know if I can do it. But I was like, yeah, I know. It's okay. I want you. I know. I want you. And then it turned out really well. Yeah. So I guess he just saw something in the showreel uh, that he really liked and thought that I could bring out. And thankfully, it worked out. And yeah. these are the things that it's quite difficult to put into words, isn't it? It's like a vibe. It's like yes. he just saw something that perhaps he, he could imagine you in the role. Exactly. Exactly. Gotcha. Exactly. Yeah. So really thankful to <laughs> yeah. him for the opportunity. Yeah. Gotcha. So right I'm, curious, <laughs> I'm curious to know, um, what in your opinion does a good actor embody? Oh man. I, what does that look like? Uh, because you know how you have been through the process. Mm, you are an actor yourself. Mm, I'm sure you can elucidate what, what it means to you to be a good actor a lot better. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, I kind of touched on it already just now, where I said a discipline off screen and a flexibility on screen. But I think after being in the industry for a couple of years, I think one thing I learned is also being professional about things. It feels like you're all talking about the same point, being professional, being disciplined. Uh, No, professional in a sense, like, uh, how do I say this? Don't be a diva. Interesting. You know, like, uh, because things like that can cause delays in shoots. It can cause uh, disruptions. It can make a scene uh, not work well. It can make the people around you that are doing work, also doing work uncomfortable and that affects their performance. So I think that's a really important thing uh, that maybe isn't talked about so much. Because the reason why I like working in the bank, one of the big reasons was my colleagues. Mm, Your team? My team, yeah. Yeah. So this, like that vibe needs to be the same on set. Mm. Because if there's one like sour grape, it affects everyone for sure. Like you may not think it affects uh, the show so much, but it really does. Yeah. I've always thought of um, video sets and directing sets as like this mega collaboration that yes. you have to stick with your your on-set partners, the lighting guy, the sound guy, everybody have to be uh, together f- to, to, to make a good product. Yes, and exactly. if one part goes wrong, it would just snowball the entire exactly. process. Everybody gets and stuff like that. Yeah, mm, mm, Exactly. Very, very uh, important. Gelling well. I mean, not that you can't make a great movie if, uh, if that does happen because it does happen all the time. But the chances of it gets decreased. Yeah. How do you navigate that process to 
to to keep yourself grounded. You say not not being a diva. I yep. would imagine. I'm curious to know what what keeps you grounded. Man, like I think this is uh, back to uh, my martial arts training. Mm. Like uh, the main martial art that I do is jujitsu, Brazilian jujitsu, yep. and it's a very grounding martial art because when you spar during training, which is done every day when you train, you go almost like a hundred percent. So when you go at one hundred percent and you fight it out and you win or you lose, there's no questions asked. You understand what I mean? But let's say if we spar in Muay Thai, I can't go 100% because I'm going to get hurt, you're going to yep. get hurt. Yep. So that means there's a lot of uh, questions. Oh, what if I did this? What if I did that harder? You know. But in Jiu-Jitsu, you get grounded. So when I get my ass kicked, I'm like, oh, that's it. Like, you know, like it grounds me. And I had the fortunate uh, chance to go to America and train. And they are so good there. So every time I think I'm getting good, I'm like, no. You know what? They're so much better. Like, don't even get that uh, into my headspace. Yeah. I'm shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm shit. So I think that that helps me out a lot with grounding, but also the people that uh, I surround myself with at the gym and outside of the gym are so good at the, what they do mm. that they make me feel inag- inadequate, mm. and they make me feel like shit. <laughs> so that helps out a lot too. You know, so yeah. it, it's something for me to aspire to become. Uh, whether it 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 comes to uh, how much work they put on set and offset, yeah. how much work they put in at the gym, whether it's uh, uh, how much they work out or the thought process that they use to work out or how well they uh, handle conflict in the gym amongst like uh, clients. Because that does happen too, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it, it makes me realize that, like, you know, I have a lot of things to work on myself yep. and I cannot get it in my head that I'm great. Gotcha. In any way. Gotcha. Yeah. Has okay. How has Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu influenced your way of looking at things? Because I've heard it being compared to or uh, uh, chess, but with, but with bodies, yep. and it's a very like analytical sport. Yep. It's a very it's it's heavy in contact, sure, mm. but you're always thinking, or you maybe you're not even thinking, but do you have to know your moves inside out? You have to be able to one up your opponent. So mm. how has that influenced your way of looking at things? Uh, I I think it's. Man, like I'm gonna repeat myself again. It's a lot of discipline, uh, in competition and uh, sorry, outside of competition, and a lot of flexibility in competition. So like, kind of like discipline on screen. Yep. Flexible. Uh, sorry, discipline off screen, flexibility on screen. Yep. Because uh, you won't always be able to uh do what you want. Like, let's say when I was young. And I wanted to be like Bill Gates. I thought like, oh, for sure I can be like Bill Gates. You know, I'm going to like be super rich. I'm going to go to banking. Yep. I'm going to go to private banking after that. Then I'm going to blah, blah, blah. But I, I, I realized, oh, you know, the world has like crushed me with reality. Mm. And I realized, okay, you know what? Uh, I need to uh, change the way that I'm doing things. Just like on set, you got to be flexible with your on-screen partner and you can't vibe. Just like in a match in jiu-jitsu or in Muay Thai or in, in MMA, if your game plan's not working out, you have to be flexible. So I think that's, in, in that sense, like uh, it's really helped me out with uh, my mindset of how I need to work and navigate around things. I'm actually very extremely stubborn and I, uh, it takes me a while, but eventually I do change. <laughs> eventually. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm like quite a stubborn guy. Uh, yeah. So, so you great thing. <laughs> So you've mentioned the word discipline yeah. a couple of times. I'm curious to know what does it look like to you because for for some it might mean oh I keep to a schedule yeah. and I die by that schedule. Yeah. But so so what does it look like to you? Because it seems like fitness has played a very very uh, pivotal role in your life. It has mm. been uh, with regards to 
jujitsu coaching even before that. Yeah. yeah. Actually, so what does discipline mean? Um, discipline is, I think the best way to put it is uh, the phrase to describe discipline would be doing something you have to do regardless of whether you like it or not mm. or whether you feel like it or not. I can't remember where I read that, but it's resonated with me and it's not pretentious at the same time because some motivational quotes are like, huh? Like, you sound so up yourself. Why are you, yeah. why are you speaking? Like, you sound yeah. like a douchebag. But this one isn't. Like, you know, it's like, discipline will uh, carry you through, mm. right? Motivation doesn't always last. Yeah. So it is really just sticking to a schedule. Uh, and funnily enough, when you reach, like, maybe for like example, like a certain level in fitness or martial arts or acting, not that I'm there, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, discipline also comes in the form of knowing when to take a break. Knowing when to take a break. Yes, correct. So, for example, like, uh, uh, if you lift a certain amount of uh, days a week, you need to take a break, right? Mm. After a while. Yep. But some people are of the mindset like, well, I need to lift like seven days a week, otherwise I'm going to lose my gains, Mm-mm. which is not true. Usually there's like an eight to 12 week like uh, lifting, uh, lifting, uh, plan. Uh, plan. Yeah. And then you're going to take a deload week. So that's also in, in a sense like a, where you can like deload your weights or just fully take a break. And that that part is, it takes a lot of discipline too, to be yeah. honest. Because like it's it's so embodied in you that you need to work out. But taking a break is also part of that discipline. And that has helped you with regards to acting as well to know when to slow down and to not grind as much? Uh, That part, maybe <laughs> not so much yet. Because uh, I do get the the feedback from my ex-agents and my my friends that I, I do over-practice sometimes. Over-practice? But I, don't, I don't know if I'm a believer in that yet. So maybe that's why I don't know if uh, it's transferred into my acting life yet. Yeah. Because I was starting to buy into what my friends were saying. Mm. And then at acting, in acting school, my coach, Camille uh, Hak, he told me like, there's no such thing as over-practice. Then like, now I'm like, it's okay, now I don't know what to do. two contradictory things, yeah, yeah, right? Sorry, yeah. It's two contradictory things. But he's my acting coach. So I have to believe him, right? You know, yep. he's the coach after all. Yep. Uh, and to be honest, I'm currently leaning towards the side that there's no such thing as overpractice. Yeah. So my, I'm going to say this because, uh, have you heard of this word called improvisation in acting? I have heard of it, but I don't know if we're thinking about the same thing. Right. Yeah. Okay. So improvisation is basically you being able to, uh, uh, react and improvise on the spot. Uh, when you feel like a certain way or when something is being given well, or when there's uh, something being fed to you. So being able to follow your instinct when uh, you feel something or when someone throws you like a yep. curveball. Yep. And I found that I improvise much better when I practice a mm. lot or, or in a sense over practice. Yeah. So I don't know if there is, 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 a, is a transferability from that from that fitness side of things. Yep. Yeah. It sounds like you need like a good base to even start improvising. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But yes, is where do you guys have the flexibility on set? Uh, because you, you mentioned all memorizing your lines and I guess sticking to that to a little bit, but where is the gap when it comes to, let's say you feel something and you want to improvise? Mm. Is that usually allowed? Is that not allowed? Yeah. It's it highly depends on the director. Okay. Highly <laughs> depends. Some directors are more open to it. Some aren't. And usually you can kind of like uh, get a feel of that before the camera starts rolling, you can ask like, oh, like, mm. hey, what about doing this? What about doing that? Yep. If they say, yeah, sure, why not? Give it a try. Then you know, oh, okay, I can free, I'm free to play. Yep. Otherwise, no, yeah, just follow. Yep. Yeah. And usually you have different takes and you take yes. things more than once and you get, do you get to try different things? Uh, Once again, depends on the director. Okay. 
And also, once again, depends on your... Uh, sorry, not once again. It also depends on your on-screen partner. Mm. Yeah. Because uh, what I realize is uh, there's such thing as being selfish on set as well. What does that mean? When you're, when you're, when you're an actor. Because a lot of improvisation or like a lot of things that you may change to the script, it will feel good for you personally. So you may look good on screen, but it's not always going to make the scene look good as a whole and your partner look good that as a whole. That is interesting. Yeah. Okay, okay. So I, I've kind of start to realize uh, what that means when I hear uh, more notable actors in Hollywood, for example, talk about being selfless on set. Being selfless on set. What yeah. does that look like though? So just uh, making sure that the focus is not on you. The focus is on making this scene work. Mm-hmm. It's not about, oh, I want to look cool in this movie or I want to look cool on this show. So there's a movie that recently came out. I'm not going to name which one because it's a really big show with a really big star. Yeah. And I feel like the show show is about oh, just making this guy look cool. Interesting. You know? yeah. So it wasn't that enjoyable for me because I kept seeing that happen. Yep. You know, and uh, I'm not sure if other people feel that way because they're not in a in the industry. Exactly. But it, to me, it's very apparent for this specific movie, at least. So yeah. it just stands out to you. Yes, it stands out to me like a sore thumb. Yeah. So I'm curious to know, um, having been in an industry, does it ruin um your consumption habits when it comes to, let's say, media, film, TVs? Because on one hand, mm. you want to improve, you want to mimic, you want to learn from, mm. from these people that you watch. Mm. But on the other hand, um, you can't always be training like that. You can't always just be looking at how the thing is made. Yep. So yep. Th- th- does it affect your, your consumption habit? I think uh, I have not reached the level of mastery required <laughs> for me to uh, be affected by it so much. Okay. You know, So when I talk to Camille, he says, like, you know, I need to turn my brain off and not study when I'm watching. I just need to enjoy. He finds that hard. I haven't found that problem yet. I do spot many things when I watch a show, but it doesn't affect me. But I'm not sure if that's a personality thing or that's because of a level of mastery thing yet. Yeah. Uh, it did affect me in the martial arts side, though. What do you like, mean by When that? I started learning how to so-called fight, mm. I realized all these movies are full of crap, man. There's no way this, you know, like there's no such thing as 10 fight one yep. and all this stuff, yep. you know, it's, it's, it's never going to happen. So, uh, for a period of time, it did affect me like, oh, this is not realistic. I don't want to watch it. Like it's not enjoyable. Mm. Then I found, uh, that I can separate art from realism. Yeah. Yep. So now I'm okay. Now I really appreciate martial arts <laughs> movie again, but gotcha. that only lasted for like one or two years, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, have you watched, or seen something recently that surprised you? Uh, the Batman. The the recent one? Yes. Okay. One so that, that surprised you. Yeah. So I can as would it be safe to assume that you you did have a very good impression of it and you watched it and you liked it? Uh it surprised me in the sense of uh the movie actually living up to expectations uh from the trailers. What impression so did you get from the trailer? When I watched the trailer, I look at it. Like there's one scene like I think to be honest it affects me so much it's probably my favorite line in movie movie right now and like in film and television it's my favorite line period yeah. it's when Robert Pattinson uh, wait, have you seen the movie? no damn it <laughs> okay so it's when he says I'm vengeance mm-hmm. and like to me that's like it's super it's like a super cool cool part of the movie and yep. he does it so well that like from then on I was sold about the movie 
Why? They, yeah, cause, just because it was delivered so well. Because everyone was like, oh, how well is Robert Pattinson going to play yep. the Batman, right? Yep. Like, this, there was like, a lot of chatter guy. before going exactly, into it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So even like some of my director friends, they were like, oh, it's going to be shit, blah, blah, mm. blah. But once I saw that trailer, I was like, oh, I love it. I love it already. And yep. was, I just constantly promoted it on Instagram and yep. uh, wanted to like find out more about the progress of the movie the moment the teaser trailer came out in early 2020 yep. during a lockdown. And when I went to watch it, pff, my mind is just blown up, like constantly being blown, yep. scene after scene. Yep. So it surprised me in a sense that it really lived up to my expectations because trailers rarely do do that, mm. you know. Uh, okay, no, I shouldn't mention any films that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to shit on films. If it's good, I'll say what it is. If it's yeah. bad, I won't say. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious to pick your brain on that specifically yeah. because you, you mentioned that... Uh, before the, the film actually came out, there was a lot of chatter whether mm. he can live up to the role yep. or you had Ben Affleck before and yep. all these great actors playing the role. It's such a mystical role. Yep. So what do you think the director saw in Robert Pattinson? That they, they believed in him yep. to to give him the role when it when he looks nothing like it, but mm. it, it, uh, it came out to a critical success. Uh, I, I actually don't know. Just like how, I don't know how the director for that the show that uh, Raihan he picked me like out of blue never done comedy or never mind it's okay I'll pick you I, I saw something yep. I don't exactly know what he saw I guess I should have a conversation with him about it I haven't talked to him in, in a while though yep. but for Robert he did have to do an on-screen test though mm -hmm. and like go for an audition to my knowledge while he was filming Tenet with Christopher Nolan he flew to a different country to do an audition with Matt Reeve for the Batman yep. and do a screen test as well and it it just, just worked out uh, hopefully one day when I do find out what these directors see, I can be a director myself because that'd be quite cool. Yeah. Uh, different roles in like a production, do they interest you? Do you mm. want to perhaps try being the director yep. or being the producer of something? Mm. I think uh, director is, man, it's so much work. It's so, so much work. It's like such a heavy job. When I look at director stressing out, I'm like, okay, maybe I don't want to be a director. You Could know? you explain that to me? Because when you say director, I have, n I have no conception of it. Yep. So a director is basically someone that uh, takes charge of a set as a whole. And this director tells everyone kind of like what to do. He talks mm. to you like, oh, what? Okay, so for example, if there's 30 people on a, on a set, hey, like, hey, you, what's your motivation for this scene? Like they have to, if they're doing a good job, they're generally going to talk to everyone about like what your motivation is. Because when you have a motivation to do something, it's going to look a lot more believable on screen. Mm. And like the director decides, okay, I want this shot. I want the movie to look and feel like this. That's my job. So yep. it's a really heavy job, especially like with time and budget constraints, yep. which happens a lot even in Hollywood. Yep. Uh, what else do you do? You make sure that, uh, no, that's about it, I think. I'm sure there's a lot more that I'm missing, yep. but it's not a job that I envy. But mm. hopefully I get to do it one day just to yep. like get the experience. Yep. It's interesting you mentioned constraints because I think oh, I I do find it fascinating to look into behind the scenes. Yep. And I think for I think WandaVision and the Doctor Strange movie, mm -hmm. they say, oh, we're only shooting for 40 days. It's like 40 days, but the whole, the, the whole production of the show took like three years. It's like, Wow, it's like yeah. the, the the scale of which you're, you're shooting, and after which there's like the post production and like reshoots, everything. That is pretty insane. Yeah, it's 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 really nutty. Yep. I think uh, the director even like comes into play when uh, it comes to the post production. Mm. Yeah, how much influence they have in what the editing process is like, I'm not hundred percent sure, and I'm sure it's different when it comes to Singapore 
versus like let's say America. Yep. Because when you watch a movie and you watch award shows, you realize quite a lot of actors they thank editors. Mm, yes. And the reason is because the editor has the power to choose which take is being used. And yep. what if they pick a take that's shit? You know, like then like the actor looks bad and the yep. actor doesn't get like a, an award. Yep. You know. So I don't know how much pro- uh, power in Singapore compared to America the director has over the editor. Yep. Yeah. From your experience, um, do you get to view your takes like with regards to before it goes live? Yep. Yeah. So uh, sometimes directors don't like you to see what it looks like. Mm. Some don't mind, but it also once again boils down to time constraints. Like, do we have mm. enough time for you to go and watch a playback? Because that takes time. Like, yep. you know, if what if the take was one minute? One minute, okay, cut. Okay, yep. can I watch the playback? Okay, what that takes another 30 seconds. Watch the playback. And that's it's all money, right? And yeah. that's all money, exactly. So it is uh, very constrained by time and money. You'd be surprised. Yep. Yeah. What yeah. about the post-editing process? Like mm. after you film everything, um, now they're just cutting together the thing. Yep. Do you, uh, are you awarded the opportunity to just sit in and say, okay, maybe this is good, this is bad? Yeah. Mm. So far, no. Okay. So far, no. Okay. Uh, yeah, never been asked, never had the opportunity, never asked Maybe I should ask. So is it like yeah. a surprise like when, when you you, you shoot something and it comes out it's like, it oh, okay, I did this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. And most of the time I hate myself on screen. Like I cringe when I- Okay, like, do, you know. do you actively watch yourself just to learn? I do, I do. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not so much because I want to watch myself. I just want to watch the show. You know, okay. I want to- Because I am a film fan first and foremost before I became an actor. And even before I became an actor, my, my love was for cinematography. You know, I wanted to be a cinematographer. I didn't know what it was when I first started, but yep. yeah, that's what it is. Do you still want to be a cinematographer? I would love to, man. Yep. Yeah. What's the difference between that and a director? So director tells uh, the cinematographer or director of photography, mm-hmm. this is the shot that I want. This is what I want to establish. Like uh, now the cinematographer's job is to control the camera, whether it's handheld, whether it's moving on a dolly, whether mm-hmm. it's static on a... I don't even know what you call those. So it's a lot stands. more technical. Yes, it's a lot more technical. He controls what lens we use. He controls the lighting. So there's a lot of work with it. But the cinematographer doesn't always necessarily have to hold the camera or be the one that's there. Sometimes he tells someone to do it. So that would be your camera assistant, for yep. example. Yep. So that the cinematographer can actually watch on the screen with the director to see what the shot looks like yep. and change it from there. Yep. Yeah. I think a really good example of a cinematographer not holding the camera would be this movie called 1917. Please tell me you've watched it. That's the one with Andrew Garfield. Right? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. Okay, it's so this Dunkirk. Okay, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, a, it's a great movie, yeah. But I think I know, so I don't watch a lot of movies, yep. but I watch a lot of uh, behind the scenes of movies and mm. the, the process. So I'm a little bit weird like that, but I think it's the one with the, the, the single take. Yes. Or something like that. Yeah, right? yeah. It's a very yeah. long take. Like it's made to look like it's shot in two takes, mm. but it's done in many different, many different cuts. Yeah. And that is uh because of great cinematography. Uh no, that's I okay, that part I'm not sure. I, I think it boils down to great planning mm. as a whole. Uh and cinematography would be part of that. So it's not just cinematography. Okay. Yeah. Because the takes were up to eight minutes long, eight minutes long. You know, is that very long? Uh, that is very long. Okay. That is very, very long. Okay. What, what, what's an average take like? Yeah. Just so like, I understand. I don't know. Like, uh, it depends on how- uh, What the scene is the like. The scene. Yeah. yeah. But like, I wouldn't say like maybe more than three minutes. Oh, yeah. So that's like- Generally, three minutes is pretty times. long. Yeah. 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 And that's a number I heard. There could be longer takes in that show as well. 
I know that the longest take for a movie is one take though. Wait, what? Yeah, and it's like one hour plus. So it just continuously rolls? The whole way. Yeah, it's called uh, Russian Ark or something. I haven't watched it. Yep. Doesn't look that interesting to me, but like I'm fascinated that it's done in one take. Yep. Yeah. So while while doing my research for this, for this podcast, I I looked at your reels and I realized that you have played multiple roles mm. from like leading roles to like uh, supporting roles. Mm. What does that mean? Um, like, do you, because ultimately you still have to play a character. Mm-hmm. Does it mean that you, in, in, in a supporting role, do you put in a, a different amount of effort to like the main role? What does all that mean? Yeah. No, I wouldn't say that you put a different amount of effort mm. into uh, uh, building a character and memorizing your lines. It's different in terms of the quantity, but not the quality of work. Ah, you know, just because okay, I have less okay. lines, obviously the amount of work that I do uh, in terms of quantity is less yep. but the quality no it should never change gotcha yeah uh, supporting characters basically just uh, uh, are there to move a story along and around the lead actors which is not in any way in my opinion uh, a regression from being a lead actor because supporting actors can be great as mm. well you know if they do their job really well yep. they outshine the lead actor in fact it's just that the story does not revolve around the supporting actor. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I looked at this video called Last Madame. Mm-hmm. Like, I believe you played the lead role. I played, I wouldn't say it's a lead role, but yep. it's, uh, it can be viewed as a lead, but it's not the lead lead. You know? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I don't even know how to explain. Okay. <laughs> so there's two timelines in this show. Yes. There's an era period and there's the modern day period. Yes. So in the era period, there are two main characters. Mm. Yeah, two main characters. Yeah. In the modern day period, there's two main characters. Yeah. But the modern day uh, period is not the main focus of the show. Gotcha. So I can't say that I'm the lead lead, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I'm curious to know, what attracted you to that particular role? Man, like I I didn't, nothing attracted me. It's just yeah. work and it's like, oh yeah, I'll, mm. I'll go audition for it, you know? Yep. Uh, I would say that now when uh, that I'm less green, I'm still very green. I'm less green in the industry I can like, oh, this is really interesting. Like, uh, I really want to do it. But back then, it's like, oh, like there's a job. Oh, everything's interesting to me because it's mm. new, you know? So I wanted to do everything and anything and everything that I could get. But once I was on set, I realized like, wow, this is a really big production for my third show or second show that I've ever done in my life. Because if you watch the show, uh, anything that's inside of the house, it's a set. So it's not yep. a real house. So they built a... Uh, a set in a decommissioned school in Amokyo. Yeah. So wow. <laughs> I realized, oh shit, like this is a huge, this is a huge deal. It's going to yeah. be a big show. Yep. Then I'm like, oh wow, sweet. Okay, lucky <laughs> me. You know, it's quite funny because I, I went for the audition yep. and then I thought I did shit. 30 minutes later, my agent called me and said, hey, you got the job. I was like, oh, okay. So it came as a surprise to you yeah, as well. It came a big surprise. Yep. Yeah, especially because it's 30 minutes because it usually takes like weeks, sometimes even like months to find out yep. if you get a role. Yep. Yeah. So, I believe in 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 getting casted for shows and showing off auditions. People tend to get typecasted to a certain role. Yes, is that something that you have experienced? Uh, I think it. Uh, when I first started acting, I knew I had to do certain kind of roles. Not that I wanted to typecast myself. It's just that I knew I was lacking in the acting department. Yep, because I've never acted. I had no training at that point in time. I needed to rely on what my body looked like. Mm. So a lot of the roles that I got, I got because I had a like a, I'm not trying to float my boat, but like a decent looking body. Yep. And that helped me out a lot. Uh, 
But now that I'm a little bit more uh, established, I don't just rely on that anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't just look for roles that uh, I'm going to be topless for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the first few shows, I, I, I was topless. Yeah. yeah. Like the first three or four shows, like I'm topless. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So now I don't get hired just because of the body. I would like to think I get hired for my skill as well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, Even though I'm still topless quite a bit. Yeah. So what are the type of roles that you would like to play? Yeah. What, what are the type of characters that you would like to play? Man, like playing bad guys is a lot more fun. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. To, to me, at least. Like, yeah. Why though? I feel like, uh, okay, when you watch, uh, have you seen this movie called Skyfall? James Bond Skyfall? No. <laughs> it seems to be a common pattern in the movies. Okay. It's um, okay. Synopsis. Okay. Okay. Okay, no. Okay, no, this movie you probably likely seen. Have you seen Silence of the Lambs? I've heard of it. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So, okay. So, Silence of the Lambs. Is it Anthony Hopkins? Yes. Anthony yeah, okay, Hopkins. Yeah, that yeah. role. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, when you watch his performance, you're like, wow, that's so cool. Like, you don't look at the protagonist and go like, oh, wow, that's a really cool role. You know, in a lot of movies, when an antagonist is done really well, it meant it like they outshine the uh, the protagonist in many ways. Yep. Just because it's, there's a lot more complexity that you can create with a character when you're an antagonist, in my opinion, yep. so far. It might change in the future, but right now, that's my stance. Yep. So you can play a bad guy in, in, in so many interesting ways. Anthony Hopkins with Silence of the Lambs is one of them. Skyfall with Javier Bardem is one of them. Uh, I recently did a shoot where like I play a devil and like initially when I read the script in my head, I was like, oh, I'm going to play this very like, you know, like like stoic and like uh, like evil sounding, like slow talking devil. But after like many takes in front of the camera uh, doing an audition at home myself, like uh, filming myself, mm. like I found it playing like chill and cocky and like more more suitable and more fun and more in my 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 zone yeah yeah and yeah. i thankfully got the role yeah yeah so uh attention to that question i'm curious to know what do you think is a strength of yours that people often miss what is the what sorry what is the strength of yours strength that pe- yeah that people often miss ha 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 strength uh. <laughs> i don't have a lot of strengths oh quality of yours yeah <laughs> let me think okay i think uh to be honest maybe my ADHD can be a strength in a way. Just like how it helped me with focusing on my on-screen partner and ignoring the cameras and the light and people. Uh, If you know how to capture my interest and you know how to uh, make me focus, it allows me to focus for like hours on end. Like it's, it's a bit, it's a bit weird. I don't know how to explain. Like I- Is there like a process to that or? There's no process. It's just, it's just, or maybe there is and I haven't identified it. Gotcha. But like when I was young, I hated math. Sure, like and everybody. Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? But then my dad found a way to make me like like it and I focused on it so much that I went from like a C to an A+. Plus, end up in the banking. banking. So like, I think maybe that's a, in a way a strength. Yep. But uh, I have yet to discover how I can uh, apply it in my everyday life. Gotcha. Yeah, or hopefully I will one day. Yep. So I'm curious to know, have you always felt this comfortable in front of the camera? No. My level of comfort now is a lot better compared to when I first started, for sure. Okay. Like, uh, on screen, I may look really calm at the, when I first started, but inside my heart's like... Oh, damn. You know? yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. But, like, I was still able to focus. It's just that I was nervous. Yeah. Now, like, I'm not nervous. Yeah. I think I would be nervous if I had, like, a an idol of mine 
acting next to me. Mm. Yeah. Maybe like a Matthew McConaughey or like, you know, Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Like type of uh, level of a Hollywood actor. Not that Hollywood has all the great actors, but those are the two that I can think of right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm much more comfortable, which helps a lot with your performance. Mm. Because one of the major things that you have to do as an actor is relax. One of the major things you have to do as an actor is to relax. Yes, correct. That is an interesting yeah. Um, anecdote, yeah. Um, so anyone who is a professional athlete is extremely relaxed when they're doing what they do. It's because the mind and the body are able to react a lot better and uh, be proactive a lot better mm. when it is relaxed. So like when I throw a punch in Muay Thai or kick in Muay Thai, if my body is tensed, it cannot move quick. If my body is uh, relaxed, mm. it moves a lot faster. Yep. And the impact of your punch or kick or whatever is a lot, a, yep. a lot higher. Like when you are a sprinter, I'm not 100% sure, but this is what I would think. When, I, when you're a sprinter and you're at the 100 meter line about to kick off, I'm very sure that these people are in a relaxed state. Mm. They're not like, like tense. All tensed yeah, up, yeah. Exactly. exactly. It seems almost paradoxical, isn't it? Yes, yes. Yeah. In, in a sense, especially when you're film, uh, filming a scene where you're not supposed to be relaxed. What does that mean? Uh, so for example, if I'm in a scene where I'm very agitated, I'm very mm. angry, or I'm very emotional, like I'm in, I'm sobbing and I'm crying. And you crying, have to show it, right? And I have to show it. Yeah. Being in control of your body, which I, I will call an instrument, because my acting coach Camille calls that, and mm. your body an instrument, you need to be relaxed. Yeah. So even when you're looking at a punch coming, you're able to better react to it if your body is relaxed. It's a very weird, weird thing. I don't know how to explain it, but after looking at punches coming to your face for a while, <laughs> when, when I used to train a lot of Muay Thai, yeah. I just kept telling myself, okay, relax, relax, relax. And then one time, uh, like I had like a Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire moment when the flash uh, Flash throws a punch and I just kind of looked at it like that. Oh, interesting. Like, it was it was a very mind-blowing moment. Like, wow, like, okay, I understand what relaxing means now, in a sense. Almost like how uh, earlier this year when I went for my acting class, we went through some exercises. The first one was relaxing and the second one's called the sense memory exercise where you think about something and through relaxation, I managed to feel an emotion more and I was able to cry for the first time on cue. So it's very interesting. interesting yeah. yeah, yeah, super, super interesting. Is that you? You mentioned acting classes. So yeah. is this something that um, you're constantly pursuing to to get better at it? I'm always doing it if I'm not uh, shooting and if there are classes available to me. Mm. Yeah, because in Singapore, it's not every day that there's a class that you can attend. Uh, and in the event where there are. A string of weeks where there's a program going on, you're not always able to make it. Mm. Yeah. So if I can, I'll always go for it. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And what do the syllabus for classes look like? It depends on the level of acting that you're in. So what level are you at right now? I'm shit. <laughs> so okay. I, like I, I, I don't know. Like I, I don't know if it's a grounding thing that I'm doing or if it's just like I, I don't feel like I'm good enough or whatever. Uh, I feel like I'm still very, very early beginner level because I'm only now after a few years of working and doing like a decent number of shows, realize like, oh, okay, I can, I know how to apply these techniques now. Yep. So I might, uh, for example, in martial arts, like I learned how to do all these moves. Doesn't mean like 
you are good. Yep. Because you cannot apply it yet. You, can, you so can't string the them thing. together. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So that's for me in that act. I'm in like in that level right now. I would still like say I like I'm a middle level white belt maybe in acting. Yeah. Actually, white belt is it. a BJJ term, right? Uh, actually, most martial arts white belts are uh, the beginner level, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Most martial art, most martial arts. Yeah. So not just BJJ, I think. Okay. Taekwondo, karate, uh, hapkido, uh, many other martial arts. Yeah. Gotcha. And I'm curious to know: Do you have a coach, like, or like a like a mentor, like figure in your life? In my life, yeah. Man, right now, not really. Yeah. Did you used to have? Uh, did I use that? I guess it would have been my dad, but my my dad and I, uh, we live in a different. We live in different countries now. Yeah. My parents are in New Zealand. I'm here. Yep. So we don't see each other, or talk to each other much. Right now, I guess I have idols uh, that I look up to in different aspects of my life. Maybe like martial arts. I've uh, my 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 coaches. Yeah. In uh, acting, I have my acting coach as well. But I also have idols in terms of uh, who I really would like to uh, a level that I would like to attain. Like I mentioned Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. Like if I ever reach that level of acting, like I would be so happy, you know. Yeah. Are they good actors? I would say they're very good actors. Yeah. Okay. Very, very good actors. And thankfully they did a show together called, uh, oh my God, my mind's killing me right now. But it's a TV show. It's a very good TV show. Yeah. Is it uh, The True Detective or something? Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. True Detective. Oh, you watched it? I did. Nice. <laughs> Finally. Congrats. And you remember the name. Very great. Yeah, because yeah. I, I, I personally can't tell what is a good actor, what is a bad actor. Right. Is, are they even bad actors? Uh, Yes, I okay. would say that they are. Yep. Uh, bad, okay, bad actors, first, if you're on set, like, and you're in the in the industry, like, bad actors are people who don't memorize their lines. Okay. Like, they come in completely clueless. That's really bad. Uh, but are but, they doing that intentionally? Do they hope they can improvise? No, some people are just lazy. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I okay. know of people like that are like that. Yep. They are given the opportunity, but they're not willing to, uh, or they're not motivated to, uh, you know, uh, make the best of it which is unfortunate because yep. then like you know why are you doing it yep uh, I would say that there are bad actors because on screen I can kind of tell like when someone's like faking it not all the time but like I can tell like oh, okay this person went through this process or didn't do have a process or they're just saying their lines yeah which is what I catch myself doing sometimes that's why I cringe so bad when I interesting watch yeah or like in my head, yeah. it sounds like I did a good job. Mm-mm-mm. But when I watch it, I'm like, oh, that's so bad. You know? Yeah. How do you square that away though? Because only after you you see the final product, then you can, mm. okay, maybe this is not that good of a job that mm. I, will, I, will, I will reflect upon and I can uh, get do better the next time. Uh, man, I think the only way is through like uh, self-taping. Because you don't get a chance to do it on set all the time. Like, you can't, I can't watch every playback. And even then the sound is so bad when they play back generally. Uh, and it can't so keep think, doing takes and takes and takes yeah, as well. Exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. But at home, you have the chance to do it all the time. Yeah. So when before I started attending actor classes, a way that I found myself getting better is by just by going for a lot of auditions. Yeah. And then when I was fortunate enough to get roles, I found myself getting better when I was on set more. Yeah. So it's basically just being in front of the camera that can really help you and like uh, pinpoint. But I think a really good tip that my I think coach gave me was don't use the selfie camera, use the back camera. Because when you're using the selfie camera, you're looking at yourself the whole time and you're very worried about how you look on camera. But with the back camera, that's not possible, right? You don't know how you look. So you're really focusing on what's happening internally rather than externally. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's a very interesting tip. <laughs> yeah. Mm, yeah. Because yeah, I would imagine great. like being mindful of how you look is important. Yes. But on contrary to that, it doesn't seem that it's that important. Uh no, because that is the job of like people who, who do lighting and stuff. Mm. And uh, which generally the cinematographer who tells the lighting people, oh, okay, put the light at this brightness, put the light at this angle and stuff like that. Or, okay, you got to stand at this point so that the lighting is better. Uh, so I wouldn't be too worried about things like that. Yeah. So I guess it's about trusting the team or the production team, everybody oh, yeah, on yeah, set as well. Yeah. Man, like the, the people who do the most work are the people who are not on camera, man. Like, I, I did a show called Third Rail. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came out like a few weeks ago, yep. uh, two week, two episodes every week. And uh, the amount of work that I see the people off screen do is just like, oh man, like I, if I were in their shoes, I would probably leave the industry after the project, you know? Oh, man. It's just so much work. It's insane. It's not just a lot of work. It's hard work. Yeah. You're sweating. It's hot. You know, like uh, you're expected to do this. You're expected to do that. Yeah. I, I really like salute them, take my hats off to them, and yeah, yeah. they're like really the heroes of uh, of every production. Yep. The people off screen. Um, I'm curious to know: Have you been given roles that felt foreign to you initially? I would say the comedy one, the first comedy one that I did yep. without doing the audition, where Raihan just picked me. That felt foreign before I got on screen, but the moment I got on screen, uh, sorry, on set and acted, it felt really natural. It felt foreign because, like, I've tried acting like comedy scenes in acting classes and it just didn't feel right didn't feel right okay yeah so i was quite nervous when uh, yeah. i was going on screen but the moment uh, on set and but the moment i got on set it felt great yeah so i really don't know what how that happened for me personally yep, yep. or what uh, raihan saw as well yep. yeah another foreign one would be anything that's to do with uh, speaking anything other than english <laughs> Or like other other languages. Yeah. My Mandarin's terrible. Man. <laughs> but is this something that you will see as a challenge, or is it something that you it, want to try? It, I I want to try. Uh, it's a challenge because not only do I have to uh, think about what this character is like or what my performance is going to be like, the memorization of lines mm. will show on your face <laughs> when you're on screen. You're like, you won't be relaxed. Yeah, exactly. You won't be relaxed. <laughs> like I I've seen it on screen when I'm doing Chinese shows. Yeah. Like this is this this show where I, I, I'll tell this story just because it's quite funny. Uh, I, I remember how I told you I relied heavily on my body to get roles. So uh, this is this show where uh, I went for an audition, mm-hmm. the first audition where it's just, okay, you do a martial arts uh, sequence and if we like you, we'll call you in for a second audition. So okay. I did a martial arts sequence with my friend and I went to the second audition where we actually had to read lines. Yep. I forgot half of my lines at the audition. That sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah. It's just because like, you know, there's, at that point, I was still green, like very new. That was the first show that I did and I was very nervous and it was in Chinese. So I forgot half my lines. So as I was acting the scene out, there was someone that's reading the lines to me. <laughs> so it's quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> this, the show is called The Good Fight. Uh, yeah. I'm really grateful uh, to Tsega Ping for giving me this role. But I, I got it because of my body and because of my martial arts ability. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. It was, uh, it was good fun. It was really good fun. But yeah. uh, that, that, that helped me realize uh, that I really do need to work on my language. Yeah. yeah. What about uh, different genres of film and uh, TV shows? Are, are there any specific genres that you really like to try or do? Uh, crime. Crime? Yeah, like uh, exactly like Bat- the Batman. 
Okay, like that is a, crime. Yeah, okay. like a film, film noir crime kind of yep. like esque movie. Yeah. Yep. So like maybe for example, okay, to be more specific, crime thriller suspense. Uh, a good example would be uh seven. Mm. Yeah, seven's a great example. Another crime, not really so much thriller or suspense, is uh Christopher Nolan's uh, The Prestige. But do you want to play the killer or do you want to play the detective? Let's say in seven. Then like I, I wouldn't mind playing either one <laughs> okay. in that kind of show. Just because I, I, I really like that style of movie. I never knew that I liked it, but when I found out, okay, this is what it is, I like, okay, I realized this is the kind of movies that I like to watch. Yeah. Yeah. What about filming things yourself? Like di- like writing, yeah. directing. Oh man, like that's a. I mean, we are in the age of uh, filming things and coming yeah. off your own production, yeah. putting them on YouTube. We are in the age of that. Have yeah. you ever considered something like that? I I do like certain uh, reels on my Instagram where uh, it's the beginning processes of making my own film. I like okay, this is the shot that I want. My friend helps me shoot it. Yeah, or. And this is how I want it done. And then my friend will help, help me edit it as well. Yeah. Okay, not my friend, my girlfriend. Yep. And uh, I guess that is the beginnings of me doing something like that. But the thought of writing a script mm. and doing like a bigger version of expanding on what I did with dialogue, it, it seems relatively daunting because I wouldn't have a clue of where to write, uh, begin script writing because gotcha. I have no knowledge on it at all. Gotcha. Yeah. Directing, I have a little bit of knowledge. Cinematography, a little bit of knowledge. Script yep. writing, no. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So right now, I'll, I'll just stick to the small videos that I'm doing. Yep. But hopefully one day I manage to find a way to learn how to write scripts as well. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. I've seen some crazy stuff on YouTube. I think there was this one, uh, I think it's like a fan video of Power Rangers. So they did uh, on like YouTube? what- On YouTube. Yeah. So they did what Power Rangers would look like, I think 10 years or 15 mm. years into the future past mm. um, the, the whole pop- uh, color of is in the show and it's mm-hmm. really dystopian really grim really oh, dark I know which one I, know which yeah, I think you about. know yeah, yeah. it's really this famous this video came out in 2015 yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the yeah. choreography I've seen some crazy fight choreography or like just choreography stuff with regards to uh, fight athletics on YouTube it's insane yeah yeah, it's, it's honestly crazy insane. it's crazy I feel like uh, okay no that's not true it's all hard work like I'm just more naturally inclined to the directing and cinematography side because I see it happening but I never see the process of script writing mm. so I wouldn't say that script writing is hard it's just like I've never had the opportunity but yeah it's amazing man like the content that's coming out on YouTube it, like it was happening many years ago like yep. Wong Fu Productions yes yeah. yeah like they were producing such great stuff yep. like back in the day already yep. and uh, now they still are and uh, there's so many more channels popping out that's producing great content. Yeah, yeah. it's it's madness. It's so madness. I want to shift the conversation to talk about uh, the age we're in right now with regards to YouTube, Vimeo, yep. where you are able to gather your own team, uh, produce your own content and put it online. Um, do you feel like there is a lot more opportunities these days as yourself, uh, as an actor? Mm. Uh, because you can, it seems like the way to go about things these days is to gather a following. I don't TikTok, I don't Instagram, or however you want to do it, and mm. then you transit that to do something else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, it's it's a huge opportunity for sure, but whether you have the resources to do it mm. might be a different question. And with resources, may come quality, may mm-hmm. come the quality as well, unless you have a group of friends that are willing to do things, uh, 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 create something together. I think it's a bit hard. Yeah. And I don't really have a clue of how to uh, to start, to be honest. Yep. Yeah. 
let me think. What about I filming yourself, yeah. uh, doing up skits yeah. and putting yeah. up online, gathering a following like that? Yeah, I, I, I might be able to do that, but only to a certain extent. Like I have a few ideas of my in my head, like maybe like five max. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's but, like one day. <laughs> yeah, I can do it in one day basically. <laughs> but like nothing like of like super like, like interesting or great uh, caliber that we are currently seeing online. Yeah. I'm... Um, not very creative in that part of of uh, of the process, I guess. Yeah. It's something that I hope to learn because yeah. I think it will translate to other areas of my life because I'm quite uh, quite regimented in the way that I think. Like uh, even when I train jujitsu, like I'm very like this, 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 this. Yeah, yeah you yeah. know, like step one, two, three, four, five. Yep. Like I even the way I coach is like that. So it's hard for me to be more creative with uh, maybe skipping steps or being creative with uh, content. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think having a following is really important. It's really important. Yeah. I've heard that even in America, like it's like a big deal. Like if you have a higher following, there's a higher chance of you getting a role. That sounds terrible. It, or is it realistic? It, it's, it's, it's realistic because studios pay a lot of money to make movies for example yep. so if you have a higher following you have a higher chance of drawing people to watch that movie and the studios will have a higher chance of uh, making the money back right yep. yeah so I think a really good example I'm not shitting on his acting his acting has improved a ton is The Rock right mm. when he first started acting it wasn't great Yep. but he's getting better but like just because of his following like you know he's like the people's champ like yep. people love him yep. he draws so much like uh uh, people to watch a movie yep. that he's in, you know, yep. even though the, the 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 movie might not be necessarily great. Yeah, yeah. I think he has leaped um from being an actor to being a brand. I mean, back from yeah. his wrestling yeah. days. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely yeah. right. Like yeah. his brand is so strong that it draws people in. Yep. Right. Like I mean, he's freaking Black Adam now. Yeah. It's nuts, right? <laughs> and Black Adam has hair, but yeah. they're okay with him having no hair, yeah, Black yeah, Adam. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like that's how 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 much drawing power he has. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. So, so when you and as an actor looking at that, is it something that you want to work towards, like being a brand and putting yourself out there and getting a following? The only reason why I would want to work towards that is because it will give me the opportunity to get more jobs. Mm. It's not necessarily something that I like to do because mm. I feel like there's a lot of stress for content creators to create content. Yep. And that's not something that I want in my life. That's the combination <laughs> of words these days, right? Content creator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly, exactly. I think it's like people who do it very well. Great, man. Like, you know, like it's your bread and butter. Yeah. You can focus Props on that. And yep. Yeah. And you give you a lot of opportunities in other areas of, li- of your of your life. For me personally, I have to be pushed to do it. Mm. Uh, my friends and girlfriend, they always recommend me like to uh, do more so that I get more views, more traction and it gives me a higher chance to get more jobs. Yep. Yeah. So no TikTok dancers for you anytime soon? I, I don't... I. <laughs> I'm not saying I definitely never will, but I don't see myself ever using TikTok. Yeah, yeah. Why not though? Uh, I think the first, the biggest reason is it's another distraction in my life that I don't want. Like Instagram is a big enough distraction. Like I never used to be on Instagram uh, so much until I started acting. Gotcha. And now like it, I'm I'm on it so much. I, I don't like it. So when I catch myself using it unnecessarily, I'll, I'll like turn it off. Uh, the second reason is I just don't like the content. On Interesting. Yeah, okay. I find it a bit like a bit mindless almost because mm-hmm. Instagram started out for me as a, as a way to keep connected to my friends because I moved from country to country a lot. Like I 
was born in New Zealand. Yeah. Then I moved to Singapore when yep. I was six. I moved back to New Zealand when I was 18. I came back. Oh, sorry. I, sorry. Uh, moved back to New Zealand when I was 16. I moved back to Singapore when I was 18. I moved back to New Zealand when I was 20. I moved to America when I was 25. I moved to China when I was 26. I, you know, Sounds like, very troubling. Yeah. On and on. yeah. So like, yeah. for me, social media was always a way to stay connected with my friends, never for work. Yep. So now when I look at TikTok, I'm like, oh, this is, this is not for me. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting you use the word mindless because I want to uh, reflect back to movies. Yep. Um, do you think that there is there seems to be like a focus with regards to movies getting put out these days? Like uh, there is a very, very big focus on or interconnected universes with regards to Marvel. Yep. There's very big focus on spectacle. You always have these CGI v- uh, VFX uh, shows and you have a lot of critics of the formula. Like um, it's always like a three-act structure. It's very formulaic. Um, how do you feel about uh, movies and I guess TV shows getting put out these days? Yeah. I have no problem with Marvel films. I think they can uh, they can still be done really well in uh, the grand scheme of things. Mm. Maybe purists might not like it, but I find it at the end of the day, like it tells a great story and it's entertaining for me. Mm. So I'm okay with that because when I watch a show, as much as I may pick on things or like see things that uh, are not like right. Yep. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you something about that later. Are not right. Uh, I still get enjoyment out of it. You know, so I think it's I think it's perfectly fine because there's nothing wrong with like uh, being a fan of a Christopher Nolan movie followed by a Marvel movie. Mm. You know, it's perfectly fine. It's just different kinds of content. And if they're done well, why not? You know? Yep. Yeah. If you're someone that watched... Uh, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man and Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man mm. watching like No Way Home is just like wow it's, <laughs> that's such <laughs> it's a, a good movie you know moment, yeah, yeah you know yep. so like they and they and they did such a good job with like uh, uh, specific moments in the movie that really like paid like in a sense like almost like fan service yeah. you know they executed really well there are many movies that try to do something like that that fail yep. right so it's still an art it's just a different kind of art yep. yeah yeah so I want to bridge uh, what I've talked about to coaching. Um, mm. I think that's very interesting. Um, what type of things do you coach? Uh, mainly fitness and martial arts. Uh, mostly jujitsu. Uh, I don't quite understand your question. Like, what types of things do I coach? Like, what? Yeah. So jujitsu, fitness. Yeah. So I'm curious to know: Did it come naturally to you? Coaching. Yeah. It came more natural to me than most people I think I think because I bringing you back to our earlier part of the conversation like I get a lot of satisfaction from uh, teaching people things mm. and transfer of knowledge so when I was young and I was really good at math I was teaching my friends math when I was in uni and I was really good at accounting like I was teaching my accounting. friends accounting you know <laughs> and like yeah yeah so it's weird right like yeah. I, I I didn't get paid for it I just really enjoyed it and mm. I guess that like uh, transferred to, to my jiu-jitsu coaching yep. of course I'm a much better coach now than I was uh, like six years ago but like I dare say that I had a better than average hit start yep. yeah and I'm also certain that you have seen your fair, sh- fair share of students uh, pass through your coaching oh yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah. so I'm curious to know are there certain attributes or ways of looking at things that you want your students to be left with I I think it that depends on the kind of student mm-hmm. that they are because uh, not everyone's the same, right? So maybe student A really likes my coaching style, 
but student B may not like my coaching style. So it really depends because uh, at my gym, at least, we have maybe like eight coaches. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and they all have various teaching styles. So I may not focus on student B so much. So I may not want to leave him with something so much, but with student A, then I can do that. And I think one of the biggest things though is uh, having confidence in yourself. Confidence yeah. in yourself. Yeah. So for example, uh, okay, not for example, recently jujitsu competitions have been starting again in Singapore because of the pandemic yep. becoming endemic and it's like things are a lot more chill now. Uh, people perform very, really well in the gym, but they may not perform in com- in, uh, in competition mm. and that's because of confidence. So I think confidence is a really big key to it. Uh, does that answer your question in, in a sense? In a sense, but I'm curious to know, how do you teach confidence? It's tough. Like, uh, I would say that uh, positive reinforcement helps a lot. Like telling them when they've done a good job. And when a coach tells you who they think is a god at, at jiu-jitsu, <laughs> you know, not that I am. Yep. They just, to them they are. Yeah. To them you, I am. Yeah. Uh, they're like, oh, my coach says I'm good at this. So in competition, when they execute a move, they'll do it with confidence. I think that's one of the, the great ways that we can do it. And of yep. course, like uh, constant monitoring Mm-hmm. of the members and how, checking in on how they're feeling maybe things to do with uh, uh, how much they're training what are they working on these things help them a lot yep yeah are you in a personal touch personal touch yeah are you in a different frame of mind when you coach and when you compete very different I think when I very coach different. I'm very selfless when I compete I have to be very selfish it's like polar opposites yes yes like uh, when you like uh, train with other people I mean when you train with people not other people when you train with people you can choose to focus on certain things when you train Mm. when you're training for other people you have to uh, allow them to work on certain things but when you're training for yourself you have to impose what you want to do in a competition so you really have to be quite selfish so competing and uh, coaching on the same day is very tough because the two months of training leading up to the competition is just so much work. Yep. Like you have to be selfish yet selfless in, yeah. a, in a certain way. Yeah. yeah. Is competing uh, still something you actively do? Uh, uh, I haven't done it since 2019, but yeah. I would like to compete more. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't compete if I'm shooting a show because I cannot afford to get injured. Mm, that's So fair. let's say like yep. if, yeah, you know, like yep. I... A lot of people think like, oh, you don't want your face to get hurt. Of course, that's that's the obvious one, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I can't get like a huge ass like cut on my yep. face and act. But like one of the main things that I'm worried about is just like my joints. Like, what if I cannot run? What if I cannot walk? That's you fair. know, then that's like a really big issue. Yep. At least like makeup can cover a cut, you know. But like, <laughs> yep. if you hurt your ACL, yep. which is a very important ligament in your knee. Okay, I mean they're all important. <laughs> uh, but you just you know like what what can you do? Nothing's gonna help you out with that. Yeah. Yep. It's very interesting because with regards to competing, um, it's such a different frame of mind that one has to put themselves in. You have yeah. to, you have to sacrifice a lot, yeah. and I can imagine it's not always you getting the goal at the end of the day. No, you might not. lose. Yeah, yeah. Actually, in fact, like for me personally, if I'm not gold, I might as well have been last place because the way that uh, jiu-jitsu tournaments in Singapore, at least the way the the brackets work, let's say there are eight people in a tournament. Yeah. What if I went up against the gold medal winner in the first round? You most likely I might get knocked as well out. Just, yeah. just been last, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's my mindset, at least. Mm-hmm. I don't impose this mindset on my members because it's not not everyone can handle that kind of truth. Uh, 
but that's my mindset yeah so when i train if i don't get gold like i'm pretty di- i'm pretty disappointed yeah. not sour but disappointed yeah. yeah so in your mind what what distinguishes a good coach from a bad coach <sighs> being flexible is very important flexible yeah. but can i imagine this the flex- flexibility in this context is a little bit different yes yeah. uh, you have to be flexible with different members because let's say there's 10 students in your class not everyone is going to learn the same way mm. and after you've taught the mass like let's say okay this is how we do the technique 10 people watch then they go and practice the technique yeah. i always go to the individual and w- try and watch them how to how they do it and i can't explain the same move the same way every time like each member is different yeah. so like flexibility in that sense is really important uh some people are much better at it yeah. than i am yep just cuz my my mind is very 1 2 3 4 like step kind of guy i'm and that kind of guy but i mean i would like to say i'm getting better at it patience is very important <laughs> very important has it always been a strength of yours to be patient uh yes but i i do catch myself being impatient interesting yes cuz uh uh some people are not very uh, in tune with their body Fair. so sometimes when you put them in a very complex position in jiu-jitsu when you tell them move your right hand they end up moving their left foot you know mm. so that and i repeat left like right hand right hand right hand then that that does get to me a little bit yep so that would be a, a time where i do get impatient by learning as time goes by to handle it better and i feel like i have been doing better at uh being patient with these kind of cases yeah fortunately and can would it be safe to imagine that a lot of the people you're coaching and if they are competing it's kind of like the first time competing mm-hmm. and the emotions that they're running yeah. through as well yeah. and you're coaching them through that yeah okay from yeah, experience we do. We and do. yeah yeah so like uh that they're like maybe like uh this this hunt, we have hundreds of students but let's say 40 compete yeah obviously i can't handle 40 people yeah so like uh at our gym like if we feel like we're closer to this member I'm going to take this specific member member under my wing. So maybe like let's say I take 8. Mm. And uh other coaches take however many they feel is appropriate for themselves. And we will help them personally with like uh the mental struggle or like spe- technique specific uh struggles. Yeah, I think that's really important. So that, once again that's like a personal touch thing. Yeah. To be a good coach, I feel like you need to be very personal. Yeah. Cuz very personal, interesting. Things You can't become good if we're only doing things within that one hour in that day that you're training or an hour and a half yeah. or like three hours if you're training like a few classes in a day. Yeah. Like it takes more time than that. Like it takes time, like uh, uh, a lot of WhatsApp messages, you know, <laughs> a lot of WhatsApp messages like, oh coach, like I'm not feeling great. My co- my training has been going well. My weight cut hasn't been going well. Yep. You know, like I like I got girlfriend problem, blah, 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 you know. Interesting. Like, yeah, so yep. like, yep. you know, you have to have a personal touch, but, but obviously it's hard to give that personal touch to people who are, you're not, maybe yep. you don't click with so well which is yep. why it's a great system where we spread out that responsibility yep yeah so as we wind down the conversation um when i was doing my research for this episode and looking to what you've done with regards to fitness competing um i got very curious about your thoughts on strength what does yeah. it look like to you uh what strength like physical or mental however you choose to interpret it because you exemplify that you are competing in jiu-jitsu you're coaching and 
you exemplify all the traditional ideas of what strength is. But yeah. I'm curious to know personally, what does it mean to you? Man, like, <laughs> I, to be honest, I don't think I exemplify it. But thank to, you. to me, yeah, yeah. When I was doing my research, yeah. Okay. Uh, what does it look like? Yeah. Mentally, I think strength is having the ability to carry on when the chips are down. Uh, like when you get rejected for a lot of auditions or like because I like poker uh, if you're a professional poker player and you're on a really bad losing streak like you start to question like is this my career path yep. same thing with acting right like oh is this my career path if I keep getting rejected mm. and I started questioning myself like that when I was uh, when COVID happened like in 2020 oh, it's a horrible time for me man because the gym was closed, yep. mm. acting jobs were scarce, yep. and the auditions that I did go for, I didn't get. So that was quite tough. I think like being able to carry on when things are down is is a very big like uh, indicator of strength to me. But what motivated you to keep pushing, though? Uh, I would say friends. Friends. Yeah, yeah. They like really encouraged me. Yeah, and uh, my girlfriend is as well, who supports me a, a tremendous amount. Uh, they are the push in this what we deem right now to be the right direction yeah. so I think the people you surround with yourself with are very important yeah, yeah. I didn't purposefully surround myself with these people I just <laughs> just magically appeared and they accepted me so I'm very thankful yeah yeah. it's funny you say you, you like poker because I would imagine poker is like the polar opposite of what acting is you're supposed to be you're supposed to have a poker face you're not supposed to show yeah, yeah. when you have the nuts when you yeah, have everything yeah. but in acting you're supposed to exemplify you're supposed to be very extroverted with your feelings yeah I think uh, <laughs> poker poker is interesting because there's a lot of like uh, math and strategy involved when you there is. Dwell, yeah. dwell deeper into yeah. it yeah uh, this I I only know like the surface area of it like uh, how much to bet, what is appropriate amount to be winning in the long run, yep, and stuff like that. But when you uh, dwell deeper into it, like they have like a whole chart of like this is what you should do with this hand pre flop, yeah, yeah, flop. It gets turn, really little, confusing yeah. really it quick. It gets very confusing. <laughs> so uh, I I do enjoy it just because it's a social social thing as well we're friends and we love to beat each other yeah <laughs> you know like it's like we play really low stakes like you know like the max like you'll like the blinds that we play is like 10 cent 20 cent sometimes it's just like you know it's just like it's just like ah because you know known each other for so long and like it's yeah. like yeah so, I had this idea that you were playing like semi-professionally but okay no 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 not semi-professional gotcha. yeah, I, I just uh, enjoy watching it I enjoy playing it yeah, yeah. so my last question to you is, I'm curious to know, um, what does success look like to you right now? Uh, I think success, I can use uh, as is a different Bill word Gates? To, to, to goal. No, no, no. No, not no. Bill Gates. <laughs> no, 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 not Bill Gates. Not, not, okay. not anymore. I yeah. mean, that would be great, but it's not like, no, yeah, not even close. Like, I think there's many different levels of success that I want. Mm. I think the right now, the thing that I'm working towards the most is to be able to move not okay not move but like act in a Hollywood movie mm. and my goal hopefully I can achieve that within the next uh, three years yeah yeah whether it's a featured role where I just say one line mm. I'm perfectly fine with that because uh, at least then I have like a foot in the industry yep you know just like how I did uh, 
my uh, my my role in my first show in Singapore. It was a foot in the industry. Yep. Yeah, that's one goal. The next goal would be to be able to live off just acting, and I think that would require me probably to to have to move to America once mm-hmm. again because only a very few amount of people get to fully live off acting in Singapore because of the way that the industry is structured. I'm not sure why it is the way it is, but that's just the way it is. But in 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 America, there's a lot more opportunity yep. for you to make a living as an actor, yep. even though it's hard to get. But there's a lot more opportunity. Yeah, make a living off it while all the way still uh, all the while still doing jujitsu and coaching. Mm. Yeah, but I think one day the the training might have to die down a little bit just because I really cannot afford to get injured. Yep. When I'm shooting. Yeah. Yep. Is the drawing power of a place like, let's say, Los Angeles, where Hollywood yep. is, is yep. it very strong for an actor? I think it's strong just because of the history of uh, of the industry. Yeah. But I think places like Australia and Canada are great places to look towards too as well. Mm. Australia, because a lot of uh, shows are filmed there. Yep. There's a lot of talent that comes out from there. So there's a lot of management in Australia that gives you the opportunity uh, to work and uh, find opportunities in America as well, even though it's, you're from Australia. Yeah. In Canada, the film industry is huge. So it's another place for you to work aside from Los Angeles. So that's not the only place for you to do it, I guess. Yeah. Bollywood's huge, but I don't think that's my market at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently, Bollywood is bigger than Hollywood. I'm not sure. Like, I've heard this uh, being said before, but I don't know if it's. I've never researched to see mm. whether it's true or not. Yep. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised just because. There's like one billion plus people in, yeah. in the near, right? So yeah, yeah, it's nuts. Uh, success would also mean getting married and having kids. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. When I was young, I wanted four kids. Now I'd be happy if two. I thought you were gonna say six. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 six, <laughs> like six. Yeah. I think uh, age-wise and uh, financially, like, gotta be a little bit more realistic. So two is okay. Yeah. 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 Do you feel? Do you still feel comfortable taking risk? What kind of risk? Career risk. Career risk? Yeah, because uh, I would imagine uh, going to, looking towards, let's say, America, Australia, yeah. wherever, and yep. uprooting whatever you have right here to go there to to figure something out. Yep. That is a risk. Yeah, yeah. it is. Uh, I'm comfortable with doing it as long as I have a plan. So when I left banking, I knew I had X amount of money to survive on. And I made sure I planned my finances well enough to uh, leave the industry that's what you mentioned uh, you can survive with very little money yes yep. exactly exactly I mean like I save money plus I can survive on very little yep yeah yeah. because I I was raised by uh, two chartered accountants so what does that mean frugal. <laughs> and frugal. they're very frugal and they're very good at planning so <laughs> okay. I guess it genetically it's in me somehow <laughs> yeah or maybe they rubbed off on me I'm not sure yeah, yeah, yeah. was yeah. that like a going back to that was that like a make it or sink moment uh, the leaving yeah. finance it was uh, wasn't so much actually no because okay. no. I left not knowing what I wanted not fully knowing what I wanted to do I know I wanted to try acting but yeah. I wasn't like okay I'm gonna like, mm. throw myself into it yep. but once I started getting role after role then okay then it might have been like a make it or break it moment yeah but fortunately it's worked out for me so far yeah yeah so I really thank everyone for the opportunities <laughs> what, you're, you're, what you're considering now is what's next la? so it's mm. perhaps looking mm. abroad getting a role mm. abroad and yes. then starting over in a sense over from there la. Uh, yeah yeah in a sense starting over it's 
because it's not an easy process, like especially to do with like uh from to my understanding, like getting a visa and all that in uh, America is very hard. To be, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very, and you're very comp- going over there, you're competing with every yes. all the actors over yes, there as well. Exactly, yeah. who are highly, highly skilled because uh uh whenever they're not working on set, they're going for acting classes. So everyone's got <sighs> so much more like experience and skills. So it's, it would be very tough. Yep. Yeah, very, very tough. But I think uh it's a great, great time to be trying out as an Asian right now. I mean, because with the whole like uh, Hollywood buzz about Asians. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it's a good time for me to try. I'm curious to know, is is representation important? Because you mentioned that and I think I recently just watched uh-huh. uh, Everything Everywhere at once. Right, and that was, right, a, that was right. a brilliant show. Yep. So I'm curious to know from your perspective as an hey, Congrats actor. on watching the movie, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> One out of like five is good. <laughs> yeah. Okay, sorry, so, so is it important to, to see um, Asians or your some sense of representation yeah. yeah on screen i don't think i've ever been a, a someone to to see it that way mm. to me it's not important but to me it's cool to see an uh, like maybe like asian leading man i think it's cool but i've never thought to myself as it's important i think because of the way that i i kept shifting between new zealand and yep. singapore i was constantly either around uh, I was around many different races, so to me, like everyone's the same. Like I don't see, I don't really see race yeah. as a as an issue or like as as a separation of people. People yeah. are people to me. Yep. Yeah. So I never really found it like oh, it's important. It's just cool. Oh, it's cool. You know. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. But it might change as as uh as I grow up. Yeah, because opinions always change, right? Yeah, people yeah. always change. People change. Yeah. People change. Exactly. Before we end, is there anything else you would like to talk about? What would I like to talk about? Please watch my new show, Third Rail. <laughs> Every Monday, there's two new episodes on me watch. <laughs> uh, can people find it online? Or? Yeah, yeah, people can find it online. It's on uh, the MediaCorp platform called Me Watch. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a it's a really ambitious project for a locally done show. What does that mean? So, uh, the show revolves around hijackers hijacking a train in Singapore. So never been done before, right? Right. Sure. So that's part one. Yeah. The next part is we actually got two real MRT trains given by uh not given, loaned to us. <laughs> given by yeah. uh by the then Land yeah. Transport Minister. Yeah. Thank, sorry, I am sorry, sir, I can't remember your name. Yeah. <laughs> and uh we filmed on uh, a huge ass green screen. So like things like this, something like this has never happened in Singapore. And the storyline is really good. Like might be a little bit biased. I don't like myself in it, but I think the storyline is good. Are you able to share what role you're playing? I play uh, this guy called Sean Kong. He's okay. a tactical team leader of the uh, star equivalent in this world of Singapore. We can't call it star for for various reasons. So yep. we call it Naga, the National Armed Guards Agency. Uh, yeah. So not a villain. Sorry? Not a villain. Not a villain. I'm a okay. good guy. But, but <laughs> like when, when I watch the villains play the villains, I'm like, oh, I wish I was a villain, you know? I, uh, I, uh, would have loved the opportunity to to do what uh my friend Carla uh did for her character called Val. Mm-hmm. I think she does does an amazing job. Everyone does an amazing job, but her character is like the kind of villain that I would like to play, like very out out there, out of it. You know, yeah. like not the stoic, cool kind of uh, character. Yeah. What else would I like to say? I don't know. I think that's about it, Mira. Okay. Where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on Instagram. It's uh, K Y T A N X H. Yeah. That's Please. all drop me a message and I'll do my best to reply 
the moment I see it. <laughs> <laughs> um, this has been a fantastic episode. Thank you for your time, Kai. Hey, no, thank you for having me, Kevin. I really appreciate it. Out of the blue, text me like, hey, yeah, you're a cool guy. Thank you for doing it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode and feel inspired. If you enjoyed what you heard thus far, do give us a follow on Instagram. And don't forget to share and subscribe. Stay tuned for the next episode.